On today's Locked On Ole Miss podcast, we discuss the linebacker rebuild that is going on right now, talk a little bit about portal rumors, and of course, hit the basketball contest that's happening later on this afternoon. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Rock On Ole Miss podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on whichever platform you get your podcast from, including YouTube. So do us a favor there and hit subscribe, hit the bell, and of course, upvote the video. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, today's show, we're going to get into and talk about the linebacker rebuild. Now, this is very interesting when you get to the defensive side of the ball because it's a 3-2-6. So, yesterday we talked about the defensive line and the nine players that would contribute to that. Today, we'll hit the linebackers and what's in store for that group that is only two players deep on the starting lineup. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. We'll look at the transfer portal for possible targets and rumors of post-spring activity. Um, and I told you, we talked about that earlier on. It's like if, if there's big activity going on post-spring in a certain area, that denotes that they think really highly of this team and they think it'd go really well if things go well. But we all know everything can upend, but they're going to plan for the high-end stuff. And, of course, we'll talk about the Hoops game tonight against South Carolina in the Pavilion. Ole Miss predicted to win that game. Will they be able to turn it around? Um, We'll talk about that in segment three. But the first segment is the linebacker um, portal. And the big piece that came in is Chance Campbell's replacement, Troy Brown, because that's essentially what it is, a one-for-one. Chance Campbell for Troy Brown. And they want him to have a significant impact at that position. And he was first team all mid-America conference three straight years. And so because of that, the guy obviously can play. Now we all worry about the transition whenever you move up. Whenever you go up a level, there's always the possibility that you won't fit in. This is why Troy Brown is making this move. To prove to NFL staff that he can do it. If he can succeed really well at Ole Miss playing an SEC schedule, all of a sudden, he goes from being a sixth or seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent to somewhere in the third or fourth round. It's a big year for Troy Brown. And they're counting on him to do things at an extremely high level, to be the boss of the linebacker group, to make plays. Because that's the reason they brought him in. He was a playmaker. And we told you the linebackers and Ole Miss's defense use the football rules against the offense. So if the quarterback rolls right, the middle linebacker will vacate that space and rush. That's how Chance Campbell got a ton of his sacks, but they're not going to throw the ball generally back to the middle of the field because that's where they're taught not to, and it's ingrained over and over into the offensive players. Do not throw the ball back across the um, field. where So the defense is basically vacating those zones. As the field shrinks down to be a half field or a quarter field read, all of a sudden the players on the backside start coming after the quarterback and vacating those zones. So Troy Brown, I think 
personally, he's going to have a fantastic year. I think he's going to be a playmaker. And our question of the day is, who do you think the starting linebackers in 2022 will be? Just leave an um, answer in the comments below. But for now, who do you think the starting linebackers will be in 2022? Now, we touched on Troy Brown. Like I said, good player. Everything you can want from a linebacker, three-time Mid-American Conference, but you need to have two in the starting lineup. Right now, yeah, right now, you need somebody to step forward in that position. Now, there's two schools of thought with the linebacker situation at Ole Miss. You know, Jaron Willis coming in and having a Tysheen Johnson-type role in that position is absolutely very possible. And Ashante Seastrong, who is cross-trained on all three of the linebacker positions. So the two will likely come from those three. Now, Austin Keys, they're very high on him, played some last year. If the, he can put together consistencies and do the sideline-to-sideline side stuff that Mark Robinson did, that is fine. Now, here's the trick with the linebacker position. Mark Robinson and Chance Campbell, they kind of did a lot of the same things, but Mark Robinson was the super athlete, the sideline-to-sideline side guy. Chance Campbell could run in a really good linebacker, but he wasn't quite as elite as Mark Robinson. That's the reason somebody like Lakia Henry didn't play or um, Momo Sonogo. Those big guys, those big 3-4 type linebackers didn't fit in this system. And that's because they couldn't do the sideline to sideline stuff that was required. That's the reason the defense was so bad in 2020. It's because they were running it with 3-4 linebackers, big 250-pound guys that you're asking to cover 50 yards at a time. And it just wasn't going to work. So, whoever the second linebacker is going to be, if Troy Brown is the athletic guy, like the Mark Robinson of the two, which is absolutely possible, I I'm, I have not watched enough, enough film on Troy Brown to make a determination on whether he should chance Campbell or Troy or um, Mark Robinson, but if the linebacker comes in and he's more of a chance Cam- or Mark Robinson kind of guy, then you just need to find a chance Campbell guy, which is like just a half a step below athletic wise. Good linebacker. He needs to be a consistent guy and play the game really smart. But that's how you look at the linebacker position. Like Austin Keys and Jaron Willis um, to go with C. Strunk and Troy Brown. That's a two deep. That's the first and second team. Which is the goal of this defense? In the age of tempo, they want defenses to be 22 players deep. You want to be able to count on them. And we can do that on the defensive line. We can do that now at linebacker. With those three, you have Troy Brown, Ashante Seastrunk, Austin Keys, Jaron Willis. That That's the plan. Now, when the lights come on, and we all know whenever cut, got, it cost cut his job with Michael Spurlock, who's an analyst on this team, when the lights came on and he actually got thrust into the spotlight, he did not perform very well. Spotlight burn him up, which is always a question when it comes to freshmen. Whether or not they can do it and they can handle it is always going to be something at the forefront of the conversation. Whether the freshman can deal. One class, one Tysheem Johnson last year, I think a Trey Washington got to play a little bit in the back end. We'll cover him whenever we do our defensive back segment. But Jaron Willis, if he can pick it up and do what he needs to do, and also 
Do the head stuff that is required, moving up from a high school level to a college level, which is important on the defensive side of the ball, especially linebacker. Um, that, that'll be important. The thing that kept Patrick Willis off the field, a future NFL Hall of Famer off the field, his freshman year is the head stuff. Because if you mess up a run fit, all of a sudden you have a hole that you could drive a truck through and it's a 50, 60 yard run. It just is what it is. For every great play you make, sideline to sideline, you need to be locked in on these simple things of like run fits to prevent big plays from happening because explosives will get you beat. There's some defenses that they're actually pretty decent whenever they're doing everything they're supposed to do, but they just, every fifth play or every sixth play, give up an explosive and they look like they're number 130 in the country defensively because of that. But whenever they do what they're supposed to do, they have the talent to actually do it. It's just the stuff between the ears that's holding them back. Doing the simple things right, the little things right, whether in the fit drill or in the pursuit angles and, and things like that, and tackling that tear up a defense. And this is a great experiment that Ole Miss is undertaking with the transfer portal. And last year was Chance Campbell. They hit on it. If they hit on Troy Brown, the defense will be absolutely fantastic. If they don't, the defense will not be as good. Because there's not really a second. If you develop everybody, there's a, there's a second in line. So the gap's going to be a little smaller from the starter and the backup. Now, if you bring in a transfer, the gap could be there. So we have to see what this defense looks like and whether or not they can function at an extremely high level like the other one last year turned into. If it does, this could be a pretty salty defense. They've got depth on the defensive line, they've got depth at linebacker, and they've got depth at DB. And they've built this system in and recruited to it. So you have a chance this defense could be really, really good. Like a top half of the SEC level good defense. And with what we have offensively, you have the makings of a pretty good team. Zach Evans is going to be the man who touched the bread. He's the best player on this team. He doesn't get hurt. He plays clean. He's going to rush for 1,300 yards this year. They're going to feature him. They're going to throw screens to him. They're going to hit him out of the backfield, and they're going to try and put him in open space. Zach Evans has a chance to have a special year. He will have the first opportunity. And because of that run game, the tempo and everything is go actually, because of the run game, going to give the defense a little bit of a rest. So they have a chance to function at a higher level than they did this year. It's actually quite fascinating. It's real fascinating. So I'm looking forward to see what happens. But the key to this defense, the absolute key to this defense, will be... Um, the linebacker position. If they hit on Troy Brown and the second linebacker, whether Jaron Willis, Ashante Seastrunk, Austin Keys, whoever they put back there, hits as well, this defense has a chance to be really good. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. 
BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and right up to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor and hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell for notifications of when videos are uploaded. And of course, hit the upvote button for the um, video below. Also, the question of the day is, which two linebackers will be the one starting in 2022? And just put the answers down in the comments below. We'll give it a look and see it, how it happens. I'm, I'm curious about that. We have a little bit of depth there. They could go two or three different directions. I'm, I'm curious about that as well. Now, we have essentially, essentially, um, an idea of what could happen with the transfer portal um, going in the post-spring. Now, we have told you for multiple weeks that keep an eye on what they do with the kicker position in the transfer portal this year. If Lane Kiffin thinks this year could be special, he is going to sign a kicker. If he doesn't, he's going to fill holes for a 2023 run. This guy thinks logically about things like that. And it's important that you pay attention to what he's doing. It's one of those situations when he says he wants to do something, believe him. And always, I don't think he's out looking for other jobs. I think people are trying to t- tell you that he is, but he's he's not actually doing that. It doesn't actually fall up, but his name appears everywhere. We'll get to that in a second. But the rumor of the day is that Ole Miss is looking at a kicker from USC. Now, rumor, it might be true, it might be false, but post-spring, this is something to keep an eye on. Because like I've told you, if he thinks this team has a chance to go really far, he's going to sign a kicker. He's not going to um, just let Kill Nation and hand over the reins to him with a team that could go 10-2 and and potentially back to another Sugar Bowl. Now, if the Music City Bowl was the ceiling, yeah, he'd probably roll with Kell Nation and build towards 2023. But with Caden Costa, nobody is really dogging on the kid at all. But I didn't know is not an excuse for anything legally. You don't win appeals with I don't know. You just don't. You just, it's like, oh, I, I don't know what happened. I didn't know that that was bad for me. It doesn't work. It's not believable. It's kind of like the innocent criminal in jail. Every, nobody did it, but you know they're going to tell you all the time. So this one, all of them would say they didn't know, so nobody believes that they didn't know. 
Whether they did or didn't, I, I personally think he didn't know. But that doesn't change the fact that he did it. So there's a hole in the kicking position for Ole Miss. Like I said, if this was for the Music City Bowl or something like that, I don't think they would take a kicker this year. I think this will be something to show where Lane Kiffin actually views his team post-spring. Now, we have other players coming in the fall, but to see the pieces in place, and there's four places, maybe three, um, for Lane Kiffin to plug holes post-spring. If one of those spaces are, is used on a kicker, and I believe a walk-on um, will be counted as an initial just about um, in, in this in this situation. If a transfer comes in, I, I, no, I, I don't know. I don't know how they would do that. Maybe they could get an NIL and get around the system, but I'm not planning on them to do that. I think they're gonna, they would sign a graduate transfer to a scholarship and put him in and kick, and he would be there for one year, and then next year it would be open again, and then Caden Costa would come back in. But initials are initial scholarships, so maybe walk-ons. But in the age of NIL, I mean, why couldn't you come up with the tuition for six months? I, I don't know. I don't know. If you're coming up with one semester of tuition, that's a $4,000 or $5,000 NIL deal. I mean, I think you can pull that off. So I don't know. But that is the rumor that we are looking at a kicker, which means Lane Kiffin thinks this team could be good. He needs to see them on the field, which he will in about four weeks. Um, I think the Grow Bowl is like April 22nd, April 23rd, somewhere around there. That'll be our first chance to see Zach Evans and Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg and all those guys on the field together. It'll kind of be a welcome to what's going on. Do not expect anything to change about aesthetically the way it looks. It's going to look a whole bunch like last year. It just is. Nothing is really going to change. But that is what's going on. Now, like I said, that those are the rumors. Now, when it comes to rumors, you need to be careful. As always, I put this out there. There are people that use these rumors as a way to create grievance and conflict and fear over you dreading losing somebody that you don't even have. But that fear of loss is a way to look and turn it in. And it comes into a professional wrestling type feel where the drama comes in. That's how recruiting services make their money. I mean, I worked at Rivals for a decade. They do that off fear. That's the reason favorites change over the course of the year. The kid's not saying the favorites are changing. They, they're looking for excuses to change the favorites. It's just like cable news, whether it's CNN, Fox News. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's all fear-based. Whatever your slice of the pie that you think you identify with is scared of losing, that's the way they're going to push it because that is going to make you want to fight and pay attention to what's going on. It'll create drama and keep you watching, keep those eyeballs attached, and it'll in turn will make them money because as this pie gets shorter and different news organizations come into the compound, it gets less and less and less. So it becomes more imperative that they do what they can to keep what they have. And they do that by fear. doesn't matter if it's Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. It doesn't matter at all. That's just what journalism has become. And since money has become too close to content, that is what we're looking at. That's just what they do. And it's sad, but it kind of is what it is, honestly. 
So just be careful whenever you play the telephone game because you don't know if it's a honestly a real rumor or just something they are setting you up because they want to do the fear thing and the grievance thing and, and the loss thing after it's over. It, it just is what it is. Pay attention, have fun, enjoy it. I think personally that if he recruits a kicker and you see a kicker come on campus in the summer um, into fall camp, he thinks his football team could be very good. That is the sign you're looking for. That is the head coach warning. If he signs a kicker, he thinks this team could be very good. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain start store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So what do you, what do you get at Rock Auto? You save time and money at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliable low for every customer. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car and truck. Write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need. rockauto.com Good stuff there. All right, we got basketball tonight. The Ole Miss Rebels play the South Carolina Gamecocks at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central on ESPNU. It's a game that we've seen over and over again, This the seriously depleted team that Ole Miss is going through. The games tend to look the same, and I do not expect this one to be any different, especially as hard as a Frank Martin team plays defense overall you know this is this is the gauntlet in my opinion that Matthew Morrell needs to take the reins of this team with Deshaun Ruffin on the bench with Jamin Brakefield struggling a little bit this is the situation where a Matthew Morrell needs to become the main guy he needs to become the dude and it, not anything against him he just might not have the personality to take that on. And that's perfectly fine. There's not many people that have that personality. But he needs to have that personality. But he's averaging close to 11 points a game in SEC play. He's shooting close to 45% from for three. And he's averaging 15 a game. He's taken that step. The next step for him to take is to be the dude. And I understand whenever things going. You want Deshaun, and him playing with Deshaun is lifting him up to be the guy. Deshaun has the perf- personality to be the guy. But Matthew Morrell needs to mentally check in to what's going on and to become the 20-point-a-game guy that we all know that he can be. He's the most talented guy on the floor and has been all season. He might not be the guy making the noise or the headway on the team, but he's the most talented on the team. And this is going to be huge for next year. Matthew Morrell taking a step for 2022, I guess, 2022-2023, next season, next academic calendar, will be huge for this team, especially with the Deshaun Ruffin coming back healthy. And Jamin Brakefield, I still say, he just needs to be on the Ansu Cisse track. 
You see so much of Ansu in his game. You absolutely do. He just needs to develop it and come at it like a three-star instead of like a five-star. not saying anything. he's doing anything wrong, but if he comes to work and does what he needs to do, he has a chance to be pretty special. He really does. If you, if you watched Ansu Cisse play back in the 90s, you will see a lot of what he does with Jamin Brakefield. But Jamin Brakefield too often tries to play like a guard, too often tries to handle the ball. That's not his game. His defense rebounding, scoring in the paint is where he's going to make his bones. And I think he's going to do a heck of a job. He finishes really well at the rim. And, I mean, you can just see that. But at the end of the day, Matthew Morrell needs to become the dude of this team. Jamin Brakefield needs to become a lane presence. Nasir Brooks needs to continue. He's a 25-year-old man. You can't really count on him for next year. Um, but he serves a purpose this year. And get good minutes again out of Luis Rodriguez. Get good minutes out of Austin Crowley. Um, and Jarkel Joyner kind of becomes Jark- Jarkel Joyner. Ole Miss has a chance in this game. Ole Miss has a 62% chance of winning through the ESPN analytic predictor. I don't know how true that is or what's going on with that, but it kind of is what it is. It's a game that Ole Miss can win. Do, do I expect Ole Miss to win? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't. I don't want to make predictions on game at this point because every game, even the wins, look exactly the same. The LSU game, the only reason Ole Miss didn't lose to LSU is because they were up by 25. They won by four. They had that drought of 10 minutes of not scoring the ball. And LSU just chipped and chipped and chipped. And all of a sudden, Ole Miss was defending for their lives to win the game at the end. They lost games because of a 10-minute scoring drought at Florida. That game ended up going to overtime. That's a game they could have won as well. 10-minute scoring drought against Alabama. 10-minute scoring drought against Arkansas. This, This happens over and over and over again. So I think it's probably going to happen against South Carolina as well. Now the question is, what hap- What is what does the game look like before that happens? Is Ole Miss up 17 points? Or is it a two or three point game where South Carolina ends up up to 13 points? That is going to be the difference in this game. And Ole Miss needs to work on finding that guy that when they absolutely need a bucket to stop the bleeding, they can count on that guy to get that bucket. Whether it's Matt Murrell, whether it um, Jamin Brakefield, whoever that guy might be, they need to find out who it is. It's not Nasir Brooks. Nasir Brooks does some good things, but he's not somebody that in a situation like that you can necessarily count on. But in, when the other team goes on those big runs, you need a guy that can get to the foul line. I think Matt Morell can be get, be that guy. I like Matt Morell. I, I mean, I genuinely do. I think he's the most talented player on the team. Even when Deshaun Ruff and everybody's healthy, he, he's the guy. But we'll see exactly what that looks like. But tonight, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, ESPNU, Ole Miss, South Carolina, from the Pavilion, should be an interesting game. You know, I'll see it. We'll have a post-game pod. We'll do all the stuff that we normally do. Uh, but kind of is what it is. And this weekend... Um, look for post-game pods for the Ole Miss game. So after each Ole Miss game in baseball this year, um, look for a post-game pod. We might miss one or two, but we won't miss many. I mean, 
I think we have to go to Sleuth's, like there's a mystery dinner theater down here, and one day that might cost me to miss one as well, but just taking family out of that. But thank you very much. Thank And thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we'll start to break down the defensive backs. There's six players. I think tomorrow we are going to do the box safeties. I'll, first of all, explain what I mean by box safety. But we will um, start to break them down as well. Now make the second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop. For all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I want to say thank you very much again. Um, as always, this show is a lot of fun to do, and I have so much fun doing it. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you tomorrow. Hotty toddy.